Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Taking It to the Mats, and this is season two, and we're titling this one A Change of Heart, talking about Brett the Hitman Hart, 1992 to 1993. I'm excited. Oh, absolutely, and I think we got a great one here. Brett Hart's first title run, a glimpse at what the new generation could have been running to the future but then all these forces like pulling to the past <laughs> and i yeah this is a deep dive into what happened and as we always do talk about what other pathways were there right thinking wembley stadium to the palace at auburn hills and yep. everything in between you know summerslam 92 to summerslam 93 where do we go but matt tell us like how did we get here how did this how did Brett the Hitman Hart, the excellence of execution, become the uh, the single superstar that that he was? Yeah. In the Federation. Yeah. So that's your favorite time in the in the history of WWE, right? Nine, Absolutely. Ninety one to SummerSlam ninety two. Um, so SummerSlam ninety one, my first pay per view. Um, that's where Isaiah Brett's singles career kicks off. He beats the one and only Mister Perfect, who held the title seemingly forever after like the honky tonk man held it forever and then the warrior dropped it and then i think perfect won that tournament and then brett eventually became the excellence of execution and the best there is best there was best there ever will be beats mr perfect clean with the sharpshooter SummerSlam 91 huge reaction from madison square yeah. garden crowd totally gets over um now, what do you think about wrestlemania 7 Right. I think this is a theme we're going to be talking about is Brett has this amazing ability to lose and yet in losing, yep. advancing his career. Yeah. <laughs> they lose to the nasties. Yeah. They drop the tag titles. And then at the very next pay-per-view, he's right in the intercontinental title picture. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, and before that, you saw glimpses, I think, of what Brett could be um, at Survivor Series 90. Him and DiBiase were the last ones to go head to head against each other on that team and they had a very good like one-on-one -on -one wrestling match for a little while there and DiBiase ended up getting the cradle pin but you know that was a, a big like technical uh, I forget how long they went after everyone else was eliminated but that was a great like technical display for both of those guys especially for Brett DiBiase had been there for a while but you saw those glimpses of what Brett could do and then uh, after they lost the titles, like you're saying at WrestleMania seven, Anvil was kind of, kind of, you know, I don't know if he was on the outs at that time. He was, he was going to be out like shortly after new foundation was formed. Um, but Brett could clearly go as a singles competitor and was, was, you could tell the more respected one with, from the crowd at the time. So, so after SummerSlam, um you go to survivor series 92 he was on roddy roddy piper's team um that was kind of kind of a kind of like an, an anomaly because that was more i guess more about uh i guess brett was having the feud with mountie and there, there was a bunch of feuds in that but Virgil and dibiase at 91 yep. yeah bulldog and warlord but piper flair was that feud so they kind of just put them all together um but then you let's see royal rumble 92 Royal Rumble 92, <laughs> Bret Hart, again, um, he loses the Intercontinental title to, at, at 104 degree temperature, allegedly, <laughs> against, right. against the Mountie. Mountie, you know, 
they were having the feud and I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about the Mountie. He's, he's not, not one I would call a great wrestler. He was a good worker. Like he had, he had, he had good matches against like, he made boss man look good and whatnot. You know, he, he was a good worker. Uh, but, yeah. 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 True. Um, and then very shortly thereafter, uh, at the Royal Rumble, Rowdy Roddy Piper wins his first ever WWF title and beats the Mountie. I think that was like a week after the Mountie. Very shortly after, yep. Yeah, after the Mountie beat Bret. And then all four, WrestleMania eight, Bret Hart versus Rowdy Roddy Piper for the Intercontinental title. Um, kind of like a, a show stealer of a match. Uh, Bret, uh, you know, there was, a, there was a shot in that match where uh, Piper gives him like a quote unquote sucker punch and and opens him up. And at that time, I guess you weren't supposed to be opened up, according to Vince and the WWF. But I mean, Flair would open up during that. He would, yeah. he would be busted open in that WrestleMania also. But um, Brett and Piper had a match that, you know, I'll always remember, you know, like yeah. Bobby the Brain Heenan with the with the what the hell use the bell. Yeah. <laughs> like when Piper was going to use the bell on Brett, but then. <laughs> Brett, uh, Brett got over on Piper, and that was a huge moment. Two-time Intercontinental Champion for Brett Hart at that. How do you feel about the fact that they decided to put the belt, take the belt off Brett to Mountie with dubious reasons, right? They talk about the 104 fever. Mm -hmm. For Piper to get it, and then for that match to be as intense as it was, you know, uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Like, what, would, what do you think the the thinking was like Brett could have simply kept the belt and still had that match. Or was it the fact that like he needed to get the win to get the belt and, you know, it, it kind of patted Piper on the back for his, really his life, almost like a lifetime achievement award. Yeah. I think that was, yeah. What do you think about that? I think that was about Piper um, getting the belt. Like they weren't, there, I mean, there's been multiple scenarios in Brett's career, like we'll probably talk about, where someone else takes the belt off of him only for him to get it back or, you know, some other way. Um, and I think it was about Piper. It was, it was a little weird how the Mountie, you know, the Mountie did that. Um, and real quick, and we'll talk about a real quick scenario a year yeah. later. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but, yeah, that was, I mean – I think they want to have the best match at WrestleMania and the Mountie wasn't going to be that best match. It was interesting. I guess going into that match, Piper was more the heel, even though he was, uh, yeah. even though it was a face face match, Piper became more of the heel um, kind of like making jokes about Brett's family and stuff in the interviews and whatnot. Um, and being just like the meaner of the two and like putting, just putting Brett over even more. Then, then he probably was put over, you know, back at SummerSlam '91 with Perfect. Um, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was really good. It, it was looking back, it's kind of surprising because going through what we're gonna go through, like Vince does not like face versus face matches. Just doesn't like it. Yeah. And yep. like, but to your point in previous casts, like one of the faces kind of tends to be the heel and that was, and they built Piper to be a little bit more heel in that match. Um, you know, they, they say that like lessons were learned when from Hogan warrior and how yes. like the, the crowd had to choose the crowd for the most part was choosing Brett 
in this match. And like, and then he bled. So like they even more wanted him like the quote unquote underdog who's who's busted open to to get that run to get it back and or an Austin stuff. Hart right it's yeah yeah exactly yeah. so I I thought it was good I thought like before the time period we're gonna talk about I thought the you know maybe with the besides the questionable um, I mean the Mountie had been there for a while. Like maybe he deserved. I mean, he only had it for a week, so I don't know. I don't know about that. The whole like quick switch there, but um, I liked. I liked that. I liked the booking there. But then we go, and then so we start, and we go to um, after WrestleMania, we go to SummerSlam in Wembley Stadium, and that's Bret the Hitman Hart against the British Bulldog for Which the Intercontinental. The original plan. Right. 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 So you've got Bret and Sean. And, and DC in a ladder match yep. with Sean getting the title. And there's a WWE magazine right after WrestleMania eight and there's a spread Brett and Sean. So they're, they're teasing this, this rivalry. They're building Shawn Michaels up to be this intercontinental champion. They're going to do it in DC. It's a ladder match. Yeah. And then they go overseas. Yep. Brett lobbies for bulldog. Mm-hmm. And you get another face versus face. Yeah. It's a family drama. Yeah. We make of that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know all that at the time, right. but, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know about the DC possibility and Brett and Sean possibility, but I absolutely loved Bull. I mean, I watched Bulldog versus Brett over and over again. That was one of the, probably one of the greatest matches of all time. And now that we know what we know, like Brett, Brett <laughs> called the match. Brett called the whole match and Bulldog was out of it. Like how, and geez, like a lot of stuff happened in London because yeah. you got to talk at the start of the show and you hear what happened with him and he's taking a motorcycle down the aisle. <laughs> and I think that match is incredible. I yeah. think LP and money. And then you go to the end of the card, you get Bulldog and Anvil doing Lord knows what in London. They forget the match and Brett calls a masterpiece in front of eight, like what, 80,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you audience. It is like, uh, if he, Brett, he's amazing. Yeah. He is amazing. <laughs> Brett said like in all of his matches, you, you won't see him like talk because he thinks that that's just, you know, it's poor, like it's poor planning and poor preparation to like talk your way through the whole match. And he, he tried to call Davy boy, like, a month every day in advance and maybe boy wouldn't pick up the phone because he was out of it. And uh, then they, then they got overseas and he went over the match with Davey boy, like again and again and again. And then he gets him in a side headlock. One of the first, uh, one of the first uh, parts of the match and Davey boy is just like, I'm screwed. Like paraphrasing it. Davey boy, like, delivers to yeah. them yeah he gives it's him an amazing like he, moment for him he gives him credit afterward like he says like you know he got him in the stalling suplex he got him in the press slam yeah. the power slam like he <laughs> he couldn't tell like if there was any like botches or whatever because he it was it was a great match it was he delivered it, it just played. makes you really think about what these guys did what they put themselves through mm-hmm. i mean incredible incredible stuff incredible incredible match yeah so brett drops the belt yep brett and only he, and only he as we get into now the substance of our topic only he 
really realized at the time what that would do for his career. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about this time period, and we've mentioned this before, and we're mentioning this again, because this period after SummerSlam 92 is just seismic mm-hmm. in the changes that occur. Yeah. And we always talk about it. And like, I love SummerSlam 92 because it's post Hogan. Yeah. Right. It's this Hogan free event and it doesn't, <laughs> you don't need him. It doesn't disappoint. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like you wouldn't have put him in there. Although strangely enough, Ric Flair doesn't wrestle at SummerSlam 92, but yeah. bummer, right. That could have been, <laughs> we had another shot at it, but yeah. you still yep. do. It's worth, it's worth a shot. Through the show, yeah, you do still yeah. have Warrior and Savage, right? Uh, yeah, but Hogan, Hogan's gone. Yeah, so Warrior Savage, and that feels that feels old. Like when you watch that match, it's kind of cool how like it gets dark at the end of it, you know, like the whole perfect angle. It's yeah, it was weird. And so the timeline after SummerSlam '92, I want to put this together. I actually got some dates together. Yep. So SummerSlam 92, obviously, depending on what side of the pond you're on, it's, you know, August 29th, 28th, uh, September 1st, 1992, Hershey Park, Flair Savage. And you know a little bit about the background of that, right? It was kind of a redo in Hershey Park. Yeah. Like (laughs) apparently, like, again, not a televised match, Coliseum home video that I think you said they had the primetime wrestling banners up or whatever. So um they go out have the match and apparently do it their way and they come back and vince is like get back out there and do it again like, <laughs> and, and, like, and so they have to do the same match but the right way vince's way in front of an audience who already saw the match and then apparently they do the match again the same way <laughs> and then they come back and vince is like screw it and he throws his headset and then i guess that just goes down like that but it's you a good it. match. I, I mean, Rick, I, I don't remember seeing the whole match, but Savage I remember. Savage passes out and they get, yeah. they get the three count of the figure four leg lock. Yeah. <laughs> and like the commentary, Vince's commentary is incredible. You wouldn't even get, he's like, he will not give up. I mean, I, I fooled me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess they, like Vince, you know, back in those days, like, well, I, I guess for Coliseum Video, you dub in the commentary. Right. Like, it's not right. live commentary. And obviously, if Vince is doing the commentary, like... Oh, he's gonna... Yeah. Right. And <laughs> during that match, anyway. significantly, right, you get Razor Ramon on the outside just kicking out the injured Savage, which mm-hmm. important to mention because it's gonna play into some of the stuff we're gonna talk about and how they were positioning Scott Hall early mm-hmm. on in his career, right? Yeah. So... You get September 1st, 92, Flair Savage. And Flair wins the title back from Savage. Flair gets the title right after a pay-per-view in front of the like one of the biggest, most important worldwide venues. Yeah. I don't get why they just didn't do it at SummerSlam 92. And yeah. More people would have saw it. I don't know. You mean Survivor Series? No, no, no. SummerSlam 92 for Flair Savage. Flair, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like if you know this is what you're going to do right after a pay-per-view. Yeah. But that's the maybe that you the warrior. Right. Between warrior and bulldog and the things going on with them, like maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't know. But yeah, I don't know. Well, wait, world title, face, face. I see title, face, face. Face, face. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. 
And then you get you'll heal Michael's Martel, like Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. So September 1st, 1992, Flair takes the title. October 12th, 1992, just over a month later, Bret Hart beats Ric Flair, Saskatoon in Canada in, I think, a great match. Yeah. I think it's a great match. Hart wins the belt. What do you remember about that? For the first time ever. I remember seeing it like on a replay of probably like an event center where, where they're just like, you know, breaking news, like <laughs> Brett Damon Hart is the new WWF World Heavyweight Champion. And I'm just like dumbfounded. Like, and they right. show, they show, I guess, probably the ending where Flair is like, yes, I give up to the sharpshooter. Yeah. And like, but he's in the sharpshooter. Everyone in the arena is like sitting down, like, okay, like, how's he going to get out of this or whatever? Like, obviously, right. this isn't going to happen. And then everyone just erupts because the ref rings the bell and Brett's just like, hands up and he's he's the champion and we're just everyone's just like what just happened <laughs> why do you think why do you think they did it that way i i think that they needed to go a new direction fast i was say there seems to be a very big sense of urgency here yeah and hogan was gone and um they vince didn't really know what the next to do was with the wwf title and vince's to do has always been like hogan or some sort of larger than life person or a larger than life character and at the end of SummerSlam, it was macho man that kind of i mean the warrior macho man like it didn't end great and then warrior was going to be on his way out and he didn't have he didn't have that that next like heel i guess warrior was supposed to go heel but he balked at that so yeah part of the discussion was perfect as in warrior's corner Mm -hmm. that i mean that doesn't happen i mean jim balks at that two years in a row Right, SummerSlam '91, he holds him up for money. SummerSlam '92, he doesn't honor the kind of the direction to keep the business churning. Yeah, yeah. The heck? And then, and then, uh, Brett's story was that uh, Vince calls him in to his office and like does like a Michael Scott fake firing, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, um, you know, we. We, you had the tag team titles, you know, you had the Intercontinental title. You basically did like everything you could in the WWF. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to put the belt on you. And, then, and so Brett's like, oh, <laughs> like he's, he's preparing for the worst. And then yeah. tells him that he's going to be the world, he- world heavyweight champion like a day later in Saskatoon. <laughs> That's a fun call. I know when Ke- one of Kevin Nash's shoot interviews, he's like, yeah, it's Vince. I'm going to put the strap on you. Like, <laughs> it's like a call. It sounds like it's this awesome moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> where the boss like summons you to tell you like, this is where it's yeah. going. But like Brett, like we said, Brett knew that something big was going to happen in his career after like pretty much right away after he lost to Davy boy. And yeah, he, he was right. And he, I don't know if he knew all the stuff that was going to go down for that to happen and how quickly it was going to happen and how it wasn't going to happen on a national stage or whatever, but, right. but it and, happened yeah. very, so, very weird. And just quick, quick calls and decisions from 
Vince and upper management, I guess. Right. And so and this period we we documented in detail season one with rebooking Survivor Series 92, because you've got this big pay-per-view coming and you got to figure out what to do with it. So yeah. I'm if, I remember, if I'm right, Survivor Series is like the second oldest pay-per-view, like WrestleMania and Survivor Series were the two yeah. main pay-per-views. And then they added Royal Rumble and SummerSlam. But like, yeah, Survivor Series is coming up. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta figure out how you're gonna do this, yeah, right? You gotta get your story straight. So I guess that's that's what he was doing. So then, October 27th, Shawn Michaels beats the British Bulldog for the title. Mm-hmm. That airs November 14th, 1992. At that same Saturday night's main event, you okay. get Bret Hart beating Papa Shango mm-hmm. in really his first big televised coming out title defense yep which i think is noteworthy to speak of because here we go he's beating a future WWE hall of famer yeah charles wright so it's papa shango comma godfather right he's going against someone who's in this weird gimmick Mm -hmm. but who he has tremendous respect for as a worker and as a person and they put on a pretty good match and you have the ultimate maniacs versus money inc so you have this 11 days before Survivor Series 92. Like, it's not your Survivor Series showdown that you used to do, you know, or, you know, it's a mat, it's this big event in which a title's going to change hands. Mm-hmm. The future of the company defends, and you get a tag team with the Ultimate Maniacs that ultimately isn't even going to be around in 11 days. Yeah. Craziness, right? <laughs> yep. So you get that airing that day. Then you go to November 25th, 1992. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels was supposed to just be a singles match because Bulldog was supposed to defend against the Mountie and the world title at that point was going in between Savage and Flair. I mean, Mm -hmm. Flair is going into it. Yeah. You then go both champions wrestling each other. Epic 20 plus minute match. Yep. Totally sets the stage for where the company can go. Yes. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, that, that would, that would um, defend Vince's, Vince's decisions up until that point from SummerSlam until now, all of his decisions that would defend it. If he, if he kept going like that to put the belt on Brett and put the IC strap on Sean, Bulldog and Warrior gone now and yep. let's go. And right. right. You've eliminated not. those two larger than life people and Savage is on his way out as well. Yeah. So Obviously, with Survivor Series 92, you br- you've got Razor and you've got Perfect in, in that tag match, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then you get to Royal Rumble 93. So in the first two big title defenses of Bret Hart's first run, though as unheralded as it might be in retrospect, you don't necessarily talk about it as one of the great runs. Mm-hmm. You got two Hall of Famers. You, well, you beat it from the legend Ric Flair. You defend against Charles Wright. You go against Shawn Michaels. And then at the Royal Rumble, you're going right against Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Yeah. <laughs> that is a monster four person. That's yeah. A disability. yeah. At the Maybe. at the time, probably underappreciated. Though I wa- I re- I watched Brett and Razor at yeah at Royal Rumble um, yesterday in prepare in preparing for this. What I can say is Brett was so over, and Razor. <laughs> was very green at the time. Oh, wow. Like Brett, that was a good match, but Brett again carried the match. Like Razor 
you could tell he was green. Like he was, he was being pushed and with, with good reason. He was, yeah. he was, I mean, he should have like, we'll probably have a razor podcast. Oh, absolutely. Um, he, you know, he should have probably been more than he was. And it was always in that intercontinental picture, but this was like one of his only world title shots. I think um, he didn't do all that many moves like maneuvers in that match. Like he was, he was limited in that match and Brett, you know, it was, it, again, it was, it was a Bret Hart match. You know, Bret made the match more than, more than what it was. Um, but, it, you know, yeah, four, what would you say, four Hall of Famers in like yeah. span of a few months. That's amazing. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So he beats Razor. Yogozuna wins the Rumble, setting the stage for WrestleMania 9. Mm -hmm. In between WrestleMania 9, obviously, you've got one other match on Raw that at the time made no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> now, when you look back on it and you know, future fans watch it on the network, they're probably blown away mm -hmm. because it's Fatu of the Head Shrinkers versus Bret Hart, yet another Hall of Famer who goes on to be Rikishi. And it's an electric match that goes on forever. Yep. It's a great wrestling match. But I remember at the time as a kid, like being bored because like, Head Shrinker's not going to be Brett. Get him in the sharpshooter. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have the appreciation that right. I have for it now, the athleticism of what they were doing. But again, Brett, Besser was, Besser is, Besser ever will be. Like, darn it, he knew he was. Yeah. Because you look at who he was in 93 and looking back on it, you can say, wow, what a legendary run now. Mm -hmm. Talking five Hall of Famers in these matches. Now, in between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania nine. Your Harry, boy. <laughs> Hogan's back. Yes, Hogan's back. Beefcake wants to make a run at it. Goes against Stevie Money Inc. gets involved. Super briefcase to the face. Hogan's back. Mega Maniacs. WrestleMania nine for the tag team championships, or so we think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Brett. Going into WrestleMania 9, I know we were talking about this. This was fun, right? They make the RESPCT video. They do oh, the yeah. Teddy Make Some Noise music video. <laughs> um, they do the contract signing. Remember when Yoko yep. <laughs> so, the fonts I dropped, the contract yep. signing. Um, you know, they're building it up to be, you know, Brett versus this monster heel. Mm -hmm. But now in retrospect, you start to wonder, like, did they hold back a little bit, right? Like, did they not market wrestlemania 9 and put everything into it as a card because in the back of their minds like you said you always talk about that hogan dust mm -hmm. there's the plan b that emerges yeah yeah so <laughs> brett against yet another future hall of famer in yokozuna mm -hmm. and i mentioned this when we were doing our pre-show stuff i love brett's attire for that match yeah. the pink in that shade and like that attire is spoiled I don't think he, I, I never saw him wear it again. It just has that bad memory of like the salt, like what is questionable finish to begin with. Like mm -hmm. I'm an amazing fighting champion. Yeah. Put it all on the line for the business and the company. And they kind of tease it, right? The Lex, narcissist Lex Luger knocks him out at the WrestleMania brunch. Mm -hmm. So they kind of put that seed of he's had a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going into this thing. I think he puts on a great match. He gets Yoko in the sharpshooter. The match is over. Outside interference. Mm -hmm. And then why don't you uh, why don't you why don't you tell me how you feel about what happens next? <laughs> what the hell I feel about what happens. Yeah, I feel so, about what happens. So next. let me tell you about the um 
the marketing for WrestleMania nine. This is an interesting story that, that I heard. So um, WrestleMania's like going from, I think like WrestleMania three all the way to nine, the buy rates were, were getting lower. Like, and WrestleMania eight was lower than seven, which was lower than six and then, and so on. And WrestleMania nine, I, I remember this when I was in school, like, and this, is, this was the feeling of WrestleMania nine. So the story was that um, at the time, you know, you get, if you get the pay-per-view, you can watch the pay-per-view and then they like say it's from like seven to 10 or whatever, 7 p.m. To th- or, or I think they started earlier back then. So maybe it was like late I mean, afternoon. It was seven to 10. I know WrestleMania 10 for sure was four to seven. I mean, gotcha. I, I think this is it. Um, so and then I can't remember like usually they would they would play back like play it back like an encore presentation right Tuesday after night, an encore presentation yeah call your yeah. Yeah. Tuesday night the encore presentation uh, right after <laughs> like right right after right so yeah. like but you like the TV would go fuzzy like you you yep. didn't pay if you didn't pay for the encore yeah but um so they one of the I think Bruce Pritchard um he found out that um. I can't remember what band it was, but there was a band putting on a pay-per-view, like maybe like a month before or something like that. And it, it was just a great uh, concert. Like it was a fantastic concert. Everyone loved it who got the pay-per-view. And for one of the first times ever, that band was, they were going to re-air the pay-per-view saying like, oh, you missed it? like you can see it you can see it tonight and like you know maybe it was like a week later or something like that um and they put it on again and the buy rate was great and so the marketing for wrestlemania 9 turned into um like the next day at school i remember the next day at school this is this is the 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 pay-per-view i didn't get wrestlemania 9 and i don't remember why but like I, I don't, yeah, I don't remember why, but I didn't get it. And I knew my friend was getting it and like, he was going to try to tape it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the thing was you went to school the next day and you said, Oh, what happened to WrestleMania nine? Like who won Brett or Yokozuna? And everyone said, Hogan's the champ. And you were just like, <laughs> what, what, what happened? Like what? Hogan's the champ? Like what are you talking about? And that, yeah. Five time champ. And then, that played into they marketed the encore presentation like like you want to see how hogan became the wwf champion again like he wasn't even scheduled to get the encore and they had such a good buy rate for the encore no no (laughs) say it ain't so (laughs) that you know so vince and his hogan dust at the end of another wrestlemania you know ended up being good business for the wwf at the time but but so 10 year old me thought it was an amazing moment. I remember watching yeah. it at a party and it, the place erupted. <laughs> yep. I get it. I, I get yep. it. I, mm-hmm. I, yes, I, yeah. <laughs> business, right? Yeah. It's about being, yeah. got money yeah. in. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I was gonna, so I, I was gonna ask you some questions during this, but like, Brett, was not for this like obviously and like depending on whose story you believe either hogan's or or like bruce pritchard's or like the the head office of stories like they planned this hogan thing 
like a month in advance, but Hogan would say like, he came to the arena that day and suggested it that day. And Vince said, yeah, let's go for it. But I don't, I don't think that that was going to happen because the plan. How about the, the, the mysterious black eye with Hogan too? Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of that, that there's just a lot <laughs> of weird stuff that day. So the, the, the overall consensus is that he was um, uh, jet skiing and he got hit in the face with the jet ski. Because there's the jet ski. There's a savage rumor. Yeah, yeah. Right? The kayfabe one, one was when he had goons go after him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the jet ski. I've heard the savage story. It makes yeah. you wonder. Yeah. <laughs> like, did somebody find out about the plan and deck him? I, I don't know. This is completely right. conjecture. This is complete speculation. Yeah. But yeah. Brett, Brett even, I think, uh, acknowledged the jet ski thing. Like, he didn't, he didn't say that there was any problem when he got to the arena with the black eye or we'll talk about uh, thunder in paradise yeah. man that's, that's, yeah. that's what that is yeah, yeah. Definitely. um but uh uh yeah brett, that, brett was not he's in vegas and he's jet skiing yeah <laughs> all right so i guess this happened like that's a pretty new shiner okay I don't yeah, know. yeah yeah there's yeah. a lot of questions i have about yeah. that all right good <laughs> sorry but yeah brett brett was not happy about it because um I mean, it, I think it goes to the the next pay per views, King of the Ring and SummerSlam, where yes. Hogan Hogan wasn't gonna put him over, but it may or may not have been for the reasons that Brett thought. It may have been for Vince's decisions rather than what what Hogan led Brett to believe, or what Brett what Vince led Brett to believe. Um, but yeah, like Vince Vince could not. This this would have been the first. WrestleMania that a heel would have walked away the champion had not Hogan, you know, did, did what he did and whatnot. And, and I guess the story was that they wanted Hogan to be the champion because this was his like few month, one time only comeback that he was right after WrestleMania, he was going to go to Europe and do a European tour and they wanted him to do it as the champion. Okay. And, and that I don't who knows all of that because because then like the dates of that don't line up like that actually yeah. happened apparently like he he uh they went to Europe after WrestleMania but Yoko didn't work with Hogan he worked with Hacksaw Jim Duggan apparently nice. and then they went to Europe again but at the end of July when Hogan already had lost so he and he worked with right. Yoko yeah he worked with Yoko overseas but not as the champion so it was really weird, but Brett did not enjoy this booking. <laughs> no. So then, so Hogan does not defend the title. So you go from the fightingest champ ever to Hogan not defending the title to going against Yokozuna and losing because of the cameraman at the side of the ring and a fireball. <laughs> yeah. Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. Apparently, that was Harvey Whippleman. Right, yeah, <laughs> just awful. But yeah, but yeah, they, they, you can't have. I don't know whose decision that was, but you can't have Hogan, you know, lose. Uh, he like, did. At, what is kind of uh, ironic? He did lose by the leg drop. That's, yes, that's he did. Interesting. That's right. He didn't take the bonsai. Yeah, and like, what an awful thing because you're leaving. He goes to WCW. He can't yeah. even have the decency to put over Yokozuna cleanly. Yeah. as a monster heel to help he, people he, forward. He thinks he put him over, like he and he did put him over, but like in that usual way. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, like what are you protecting here? 
And then you get Bret Hart putting on a clinic against Razor Ramon, right? The rematch from the Royal Rumble. Mr. Perfect, the rematch from SummerSlam 91 and, and, and a classic. Mm-hmm. And then a great match against Bam Bam Bigelow. And everybody yeah. talked about like three totally different types of matches in one night. Yeah. Wins the King of the Ring. Not one sharpshooter. Did not win with one sharpshooter. Right. And then right after he wins, Jerry Lawler. <laughs> he gets How do you feel about that? Tell me with Jerry Lawler. And he, Brett actually says that he enjoyed working with Jerry Lawler. Like he, he did not, he did not like the King of the Ring. And the King of the Ring was yeah. like a house show thing from time to time. Like right. sometimes like they would the just go to a random, yeah. yeah, they would just go to a random town and have the King of the Ring tournament. But it yeah. was never, never on TV or anything like that. But so they decided to bring the King of the Ring to life. And have a pay-per-view, a reoccurring once a year pay-per-view. And who, I mean, yes, who better to win the King of the Ring than the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, Bret Hart. But like Bret said, it didn't mean as much to put on the crown and and the cape and hold the scepter as it did did to win the WWF title or stay the WWF champion. So, I mean, people say that those three matches that you mentioned are awesome. Like they're, yeah. they're incredible um, and they're long and they show how Brett can go. Obviously, like he, he, no one defended the, the title like Brett, like you mentioned uh, the Hall of Famers that he defended him against, but every week he defended against, like, I remember he, I think he fought the model. I think he fought uh, Virgil yeah. repo man. Like he yeah. would still wrestle like he was not the champ, but he would just defend it against whoever, whoever was there. Yeah. And that was that was totally anti Hogan. It's the anti. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, total anti. Yeah. So then, because of that event, you have Bret Hart ultimately SummerSlam '93 wrestling Jerry Lawler. It's it's all theatrics, right? Doink comes out because Lawler's hurt. He puts the sharpshooter on Lawler. Ultimately, loses the match because of disqualification because he refuses yeah. to release the hold. Right. He won and then lost. <laughs> but. In between, in between, now the whole thing with Lawler, this is what I, and I, I'm going to pose this to you because I, I don't know. So this is, this would be something for, for future research and future um, conversation. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there was never going to be a Hogan heart at SummerSlam 93 because Lawler comes in and sets up that feud. Yeah. It really was going like, so that was never going to happen. So I feel like whenever the Hogan made the decision, like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a whole span of a summer where it was supposed to be Hogan and Brett. It's built up to be that Brett wins the King of the ring Hogan defends and you get it. That decision is changed. Yeah. Brett still gets the consolation prize, the King of the ring, and then gets put in this feud that lasts like two years. I mean, he's going against Isaac Yankum. This thing goes on so long, <laughs> right? Kiss my foot and all that stuff goes on. But let's kind of talk about that for a second. Yeah. What do you think about having Hogan and Hart? So you do the whole WrestleMania 9 schmaz, the whole whatever that was, great. And I get it for the buy rate. And, yep. and then Hogan, Hart, SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. What did you, do you think that would have been a good thing, a bad thing? Like, was it supposed to be the next step? Because I'll argue, and I think, I think we both can agree on this point. 
Vince already successfully turned the corner with Brett. So any this was any this was all now cleaning up a mess. Mm-hmm. This whole WrestleMania nine thing. Yeah. Would you have wanted to see Hogan and Brett at, at SummerSlam ninety three with Brett ultimately beating Hogan? I know, like at the time, I would have loved to have seen it. I look back at it now, and it's completely unnecessary. But would that have further helped Brett? Would that have? I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm, my head's all over the place. I know side. it is all over the my Tough. All over the place too. And it's just that match, like putting those two together in the same ring is just a tough match to think about happening. It's just a tough, like, where does the match go? Like, how do the, how do, there's, they're opposite workers, total opposite workers. Like, does Brett do his normal routine move on hogan the russian leg sweep the backbreaker the elbow off the rope like and then hogan hulks up like that's exactly the match just does it's ugly like in my mind it's just an ugly match like and then like and then hogan like what if he gets in the sharpshooter like he's not going to give up so like i do agree like if if vince actually thought this like and they say he did like i do agree that who who would you who would you choose to win like the loser of that match where do they go from there and like but like you said before what are you what are you keeping keeping hogan up for like what why do you have to and but vince had to he can't he can't keep put hogan down even if he's leaving even if he's leaving forever he can't put the the basic creator of the company or you know great down like you can't put hulkamania down and even even if it's with the total opposite new generation uh way in this guy bret hart you can't do it like you'd almost have to you would almost have to have that match and in some sort of run in dq from some other heel like Mm -hmm. i don't know i just don't i can't i can't see like on paper hulk hogan versus bret hart is intriguing in the ring, I can't, I can't, I can't see it. I can't see watching it. Same. And and, and the there's multiple stories like um, Vince apparently led Brett to believe that like Hogan didn't want to drop the belt to him, but then led Hogan to believe that they were just going to have a non-title match at SummerSlam, and then that got Brett and Hogan to feud, like to get mad at each other and whatnot, and they went yeah. to Vince about it, and Vince kind of talked his way out of it, but. I, yeah, I don't see how that match. I don't. When I was a kid, I didn't know about this, and I didn't. I didn't ever think about Brett versus Hogan. Um, and I think that, you know, like the other ba- the other babyface versus babyface matches that we've talked about that actually happened, you can put someone in that heel category almost, like Brett and Bulldog. You know, Brett was over overseas. Oh, yeah. But it was British Bulldog in, in London, England. So, like, you know, most yeah. people wanted Bulldog to win. Warrior and Savage, there was so much attention on Ric Flair and Perfect that, you know, you kind of knew that that was going to be the schmaz yeah. <laughs> in that match. Um, yeah. But Hogan and Brett with nobody, like, gunning for them as a heel, and they're just going to stick them in there and see, see what happens. Like, I can't see it. Yeah, I mean – yeah, what does Brett catch the big boot and go into a sharpshooter? But like to your point, like yeah. you can't have Brett Hulk. I mean, you can't have Hulk Hulk up. Right. 
it defeats the purpose of what he was. And it, what's crazy about it is this plan was put in motion early, late May, early June, because the, everything that happens at the King of the Ring eliminates the fact that this match could ever happen because Lawler and enter Lawler and exit Hogan. And then you get Lex Luger with the 4th of July on the intrepid body slamming Yoko. Mm. And then when like what stopped Vince from saying, okay, Brett, you won the King of the ring. You're going against Yokozuna SummerSlam 93. Let's do this. Let's write this wrong. Mm. It's like he had to go back to this idea of Hogan, the all-American babyface. Yeah. And okay. we're going to talk about this in a second. Like, I thought the narcissist was, a, we've talked about this before, too. I loved that angle. I thought that had potential. That gets completely cut. Yeah. He does not over, I mean, he comes out of the helicopter in the polo shirt with the American flag. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what? <laughs> and, you know, he goes, he does the whole Lex Express, and he doesn't even walk away with the title. Mm-hmm. just a very bizarre unfortunate series of events yeah. this is the second time we've used that right we talked about those survivor series 92 but yet we love it so much yeah this period it's, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah so two two things there is um yokozuna was the first uh like monkey wrench thrown in Mo- yokozuna came out of nowhere and was an anomaly like yeah. he was an athletic 500 pound guy, <laughs> an athletic wow. 500 pound heel that like, and you know that Vince just loved that and ate it yeah. up. So like, yes, he may have been part of like the new generation, but he's also the evil heel that like a Hogan would fight 24 hours a day. Right. A and monster so, heel. Yep. Yeah, monster heel. And then, you know, to put, for Vince to put, a 230 pound wrestler against 505 pound monster heel just isn't going to work for Vince. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, Hogan's leaving. Okay. Who do we got? We got this, we can turn this brand new, great looking, got the whole body and everything Lex Luger into this baby face, all American that can, that can do what we want him to do to this, to this monster heel let's let's do it and that's yeah. that's where that's where the money was and that's i mean that unfortunately that wasn't because lex luger is not is not that guy like right. you know personality wise and whatnot as we saw but it's like i'll ask you how yes like like you said when you were talking about the bret hart yokozuna wrestlemania 9 match like he has him in the sharpshooter and bret mm-hmm. even admits like you know, Yoko's on his belly and Brett like pulling with all he can to lift these huge legs <laughs> up and he gets them in the sharpshooter as best he can. And he has to hold him there for a while because yeah. Uji's taking his time to get the salt out. <laughs> but, but uh like, how do you honestly think, I mean, we see it a year later when Brett beats Yoko at WrestleMania 10, but how do you honestly think Brett could beat Yokozuna Period, I guess. At WrestleMania 9, but like, period. How do you see him legitimately going over on Yokozuna? I mean, he, Yokozuna took the fall off yeah. the second rope at WrestleMania 10, and like, yep. that was that was the only, that was how he did it. But does that happen at 9? Is that one of the only ways you can beat him? Well, so that's what I, yeah, I think what you could have done 
is he beats him. He just holds that sharpshooter on. It kind of kayfabe it, and he submits. Because then what you also then get to do is set up Yoko and Undertaker sooner. Yeah. Because, I, don't, I mean, Yokozuna's not going away. Mm-hmm. And now the question then becomes, which is a good segue into kind of like where we could rebook this, is where would Brett go, you know, after beating Yokozuna? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you recalibrate? Because to your point, he can't keep going after 500-pound guys. Like, how do you recalibrate him to get him back on that, the speed, the finesse, those yeah. matches? But before we dive into the rebooking, any other thoughts on just the title reign? I mean, would you consider a success? Like, remember the one ad where Bret Hart's about to go out to, to the ring? It was like a promo, and the kid's like, Bret! And he, like, turns around, <laughs> he, like, takes off the sunglasses, you know? Almost like the... Uh, uh... The well, Mean Joe Green. Yeah, the Mean Joe Green. Yeah, yeah right, the Coke. <laughs> like, I I liked that run. Mm-hmm. I think he appealed. He, I've said it before. He is, the, that's the early 90s. Yeah. The theme song, yeah. it's a little bit more rock-oriented. The sunglasses, the colors, the hair, the build. Everything about that, I think he was the perfect champion for that time. And, yeah. like, I love how we think about these ideas and our topics because I started to really think more hard and like disciplined about this first title run. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, right? He defeats the legend of legends, Ric Flair off camera, off camera, basically. Right. Right. right? <laughs> Remember I watched it on a Coliseum video at a friend's house and you know, he goes through these different matches Unlike anything we've ever seen before, yeah. maybe like Savage Steamboat at WrestleMania, but like we were too young for that at that point. Right. But like reinvents the business, yeah. shows that he's a team player, like loses, will 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 make other wrestlers look good. Mm-hmm. Like he put Fatu over the head shrinkers. Yeah. He would go 20 minutes with Virgil, like for what? <laughs> when Virgil was getting squashed by like yeah. Bash and Booger, you know, yeah. and like with the yeah. Gordon. And, yeah. and yet, he was just, he had the presence of mind. Maybe he had a mind for the business in 1997, greater than we could have ever imagined. You know, <laughs> that one for my thoughts on, for our thoughts on that. Yeah. It's almost like you should just, Vince should have just given him the keys and said, run the company. <laughs> saw talent where other people didn't. Yeah. He got matches out of people that nobody else could get. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I kind of wish he was more, like, could you imagine if Brett was even more like Sean or Hulk? Like, what an amazing product we could we could have had but yeah. so that that's that's a good point because brett says and he this is like a such a simple way to break it down but like it's also profound like brett says he thinks of a good wrestler having three different things and, and on a scale from one to ten and one is one is the look like we talk about hogan's look lex luger's look um you know brett's look or whatever one is their in-ring ability and one is promote promoting themselves like interviews anything like that and if you grade it all on a scale of one to ten you and literally add them all up so like he will give hogan like you know at least a nine out of ten for his look but like a zero or one for ability and a nine out of ten for promos so like you know two of those three are nines out of tens but the ability is so bad that that it shrinks the overall wrestler. And then, but Brett admittedly says his promos aren't that good. 
but they're not like a one they're like no they're like he said i think he said like mid like maybe five six seven and he got better as he went on Um, like i watched a couple of his old monday night raw interviews and like he stuttered a little bit and he you know kind of repeated himself but they weren't like horrible um but his his look for like the 90s wrestler that you're talking about was really good and his in-ring ability was a 10 so add it all up and you it's better than hogan like as a a whole wrestler and then you could you can go on down the line luger and whatnot like luger um had the look uh you know probably he didn't have he didn't do so well in promos and his ability his ability was was is decent he was like a five six i mean he was yeah. he, he i mean we talk about him working like like we take, yeah. taking punches like oh oh <laughs> yeah amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good yeah right. but like but you know breaking down a, like wrestlers like that you know is and it's true um you know it wasn't all just about the look and the promos like it was with hogan like mm-hmm. it, it became about all those three things and the in-ring ability became a lot more important when you know Brett was the champ and yeah. uh, you know it should have continued that way now like my one of my questions to you is like I don't I, I guess as we're talking about this like I don't I really don't think he did um, was Brett did Brett take and you can take this I'll say, did Brett take wrestling too seriously? And I'll put wrestling in quotes because right. you can take wrestling as those three things combined, or you can just take it as, you know, professional wrestling. And or so did Brett take wrestling too seriously? And was he too much of a wrestler, quote unquote, to to do business? Like, you know, when 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 Vince wants to uh, you in the case of emergency break glass. Here's Hulk Hogan. When yeah. Vince wants to pull that card. Did this Brett like? Should he just go with it? Yeah, I think that's a great question because I would say yes because I remember you know we were talking about our bios like the house show I went to. He goes thirty minutes with Backlund and the crowd is chanting boring. I didn't want to see that. The crowd didn't want to see that. Yeah. I think you look back at his matches again, Fatu, Virgil, he put Shawn Michaels and Survivor Series 92. Like these are long matches. Like he was, all right. I think there's two ways you could look at it. Yeah. One, I think my knee jerk answer is yes, Mm -hmm. but he was also trying to do something to separate him from himself from the crowd. Right. right? It's like, you know, when, when, when when a band, it does something musically that's so different that it attracts people because there's no one else doing it. Right. You know, the idea was like, I can have a good match with anybody. Now, at that point in time, did people care about matches? You watch some of the matches from 92, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. <clears throat> some of them are horrific. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a match. I'll never forget it. It's on Bash in the USA. It's Big Boss Man versus Razor Ramon. I mean, you, I mean, I think it's on the network. I mean, I recommend people check it out. <laughs> The first like four minutes are walking into the ring and a test of strength. It's awful. It is awful. And people paid money for that. And then you got Bret Hart flying around the ring, changing the game. Mm-hmm. I think the problem was there weren't enough people like him 
at the time, like for him to build it up. So for what I mean by that is, yeah. right, like Bret Hart could have a match yeah. with someone and it would go like, all right, say like the model. He's not going like, to hey, respect Martel. He's not winning. Yeah. They're going to go for 20 minutes. But then if he does that, if you're trying to change the culture of the, what the product is, mm-hmm. that also means that you need to have, say, the rocket go, you know, 20, like 15 minutes with IRS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you need to be able to say, okay, what do I get? Doink, who was a Look, Doink was a great technician. Okay, Matt Bourne is a great technical wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's going against Perfect for twenty minutes. Yeah, appetite wasn't there for that. And but so, and, and that, but we all we do talk about how, like, and when, when Brett was Intercontinental Champion, that it was starting to get there though. Like, because you started yeah. you started pay per views with those great athletic tag team matches, and then you would get the Intercontinental match, which which was another great athletic contest. Just mm-hmm. getting getting the WWF title to that point was was tough at the time. Right, exactly. So at that point, right, like you can't have Bret Hart go 20 minutes with Virgil as the world champ and then have Virgil get squashed the next week by right. nobody in two minutes. Yeah, yep. You, you can't do that and have sustained success. Mm-hmm. Um so I agree. I think he did take it seriously. I think he wanted every single match to be his best. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think later in his career, masterpiece matches with Hakushi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hakushi. That's I mean, right. yeah. Brilliant matches, yeah. incredible matches. <clears throat> People care. You know, right. I, I think they would have if he would have gotten a real chance in 92, 93 to set the stage for what he was going to be. Yeah, I think when they brought the Lex Express and Hogan and all that stuff back around, mm-hmm. I think you got to be all in because yeah. then you look at where the book, but again, he was the best because where does a business go? Jericho's, Benoit's, Guerrero's, like, you know, yep. great wrestlers. Yeah. So I'll he was you, ahead of his time. Yeah. I'll give you this quote and see what your reaction was to this. And then we can go, go to the rebookings. Bruce Pritchard uh in in my like my question to you about you know uh you know in case of emergency break glass here's hogan and whatnot he said you know like you said with brett and bob Backlund at that at that show that you went to like the he says the belt doesn't mean anything it's you 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 bought your ticket who are you going to see and you know if hogan's there or like if you know if even if it's not Hogan, if it's whoever, like insert insert whoever, warrior, like whatever, who like who is that kid going to see? And like Brett was getting there, like I said, yeah. Royal Rumble '93. That was they they went nuts. Like yes. they had there was you know how like uh, in the Attitude Area, people would hold up signs with one letter on it, like and have like a whole row of people yep. with like um, you know Austin 316, but like the whole row was like Austin 316 with one letter per sign. At that Royal Rumble, there was people holding up execution, like excellence <laughs> of execution, like all the way down the all the way down the row. Like he there were so many pink signs in that crowd. Like he was he was over. He um, he could have done it. It's yeah. interesting that quote that you said from Pritchard, because I just saw a shoot with um Hillbilly Jim. And he's like, you know, do you do it for the fans or do you do it for the boys in the back? And he's like, you do it for the fans. They're paying the money. Yeah, yeah. 
And nope. I think Brett was close to having it both ways. I totally agree with you that the guy was over. So yeah. in the spirit of that, yeah. I have an alternate pathway. And I think you've got one too. Yeah. So I've got an alternate pathway. I kind of, kind of sort of two alternate pathways. They're going to end at the same place. Mm-hmm. You're going to start differently. So I'm going to throw these two out to you. <clears throat> Let me know what you think. Yeah. And then, um, I want to hear what you saw as the way. So again, the change of heart. So he loses to Davy Boy at Wembley Stadium 92. That that happens. Yeah, we'll just say that happens. Yeah, yeah that happens. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. All right. Survivor Series 1992. We need to build that pay-per-view up. All right. We, we rebooked it as Survivor Series only matches. Love that. Proud of that season one episode. Right. We're going to assume status quo in this example, and it's going to be singles matches. Okay. So there's going to be a little bit of build up to this. But Bret Hart is going to go against Ric Flair. Ric Flair will be the champion. The match in Saskatoon doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart beats Ric Flair and gets the title on the grand stage of a pay-per-view. Yeah. Insert Santa, insert the belt, the fake snow. Like he gets his moment, but he beats Flair at a pay-per-view. So the match gets to be marketed, mm-hmm. right? Like there's mark, it right. gets promoted. Like that is the match. Right. Absolutely. Because it's so bad that he didn't get that opportunity. Yeah. Like they didn't get the promos. You didn't get the flair, Brett ring psychology. Flair mm-hmm. could have put him over even more. Yeah. You know, with that. Yeah. And the fact that Macho Man passes out from the figure four, figure four versus the sharpshooter. Like you get a lot there. Yeah. I was going to say, so you still have, you still have that happening. Flair beat Macho the way he did. Right. Yep. Flair beats Macho. Flair holds the title a little bit longer. He puts over Flair. Uh, he puts over Hard at Survivor Series 92. Yep. Now on the periphery, You've got Randy Savage going against Razor Ramon, right? Razor kicks out Randy's leg and Hershey. Razor pummels Savage, Razor's edge. Like Randy puts him over, goes back in the booth because, again, I want Razor to be on this upward trajectory. Yeah, right. Um, I've got Shawn Michaels beating the Bulldog, just as a side note, at Survivor Series. That's like, why not enhance it? Like, I know yeah. Bulldog had the HGH thing. Again, I said it in the other podcast. Keep the guy going. Just for a little bit, be like, you get, you know what I mean? Like, you owe this. Carry, carry him to the ring if you have to. Right, exactly. Like, you owe this to the business, <laughs> you know? You owe it to the fans and, and it's going to deal with it. Like, you got you to, like, crawl to the pay-per-view, right? Like, think about, like, the Seinfeld <laughs> when they're finishing the marathon, you know? Like, crawling. like just get there. Um, and then as a side note, to kind of add that historical footnote, I keep the Mountie around a little bit and Perfect just has a falling out with Flair and perfect goes face because that's going to have to factor into this so yeah perfect he still, he still kind of unretires but he goes against mounting yeah they needed him as a face i we talked about he was a better heel but i think you know i could see flair more aligns himself with razor kind of leaves perfect behind mm-hmm. and just get perfect back in the picture give him like a test a test run match against mounting and that was that was um the warrior was gone so like perfect had to is out yeah yep right now, Royal Rumble 93, mm-hmm. Bret Hart still wrestles Razor, but this is his first pay-per-view as the champion. So he probably still has as much heat as he had when he was the defending champ. Mm-hmm. Um, Razor is at a higher level because he beats Randy instead yeah. of this, you know, schmaz ending that they did at Survivor Series 92. Right. Yoko's going to still wins that Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yoko still wins that Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. 
WrestleMania 9, Bret Hart goes against Yokozuna without any mention of Hogan, mm-hmm. without any Mega Maniacs, but the Nasty Boys against Money Inc. like they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let that match get promoted. Let the let it be what it's going to be. Like get that Hogan piece out of there. Yeah. <laughs> right, so we can just focus on Brett going against this monster heel. Give him that moment. So even like you're saying, even if you know this is the first WrestleMania without Hogan, even if it's going to be, and even if you're, are you you're you got to be willing to take that that bump if that that cut if if the nostalgia of hogan isn't going to be there you got to put it you got to put it all into brett and brett and yoko in this in this scenario just to just for long for long term exactly right and i i think i think in their infinite wisdom they could have done a better job doing that if they didn't like think about like this whenever you have like a surprise or big news Mm -hmm. it's hard to like think about the whole wrestlemania 9 card it's garbage but the whole time they're sitting on their hands saying we've got the biggest shock and the biggest surprise that people are going to be talking about at the end of this thing so it doesn't matter that two doinks can come out it doesn't (laughs) matter that Shawn michaels hits the ref and ends a match that was otherwise really good it doesn't matter that i was gonna say say that probably the the first the best two matches were the first two matches yeah and the ed shrinkers and the steiner brothers (laughs) yeah you know it it you you can kind of like it, it would make the card better than two. Mm-hmm. I think it would have forced them to make WrestleMania nine a better event if you know you have to do it. Like you got to do it for the top guy who's Brett. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you. It's almost like for our, our audience. Like I would challenge you to watch WrestleMania nine again, solely through the lens of we're trying to get to this massive Hogan reveal, and, and how did how does this play into? a company going in a different direction than it was supposed to be going into it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. So yeah, um, Brett, Brett versus Yoko. Right. So Brett versus Yoko and Brett beats Yoko cleanly. He gets the sharpshooter on or Hey, maybe Fuji throws the salt, but ring the bell to your point yeah. before. Yeah. Maybe the ref sees it. Yeah. And they ring the bell. So I would, I would say, you know, in defense of Yokozuna, the like this huge monster heel, like just to put him in the sharpshooter and have him give up is kind of, I wouldn't say killing him, but like hurt, mm-hmm. kind of hurt it, kind of hurting that character. Okay. Like, so maybe Fuji does get DQ. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And, he, and the, basically the idea is that Brett's like, I came out the champ. Like it was hard, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, on the undercard of WrestleMania 9, then the reason I bring him perfect back is I like perfect Lex. Mm-hmm. I think you give that match a little bit more weight. Yeah. And Lex Luger beats Mr. Perfect, the narcissist, because mm-hmm. King of the Ring still happens. King of the Ring, I put Bret Hart against Bam Bam Bigelow for the title. And it's it's a one-off. I think they did a great match. Bam Bam had beaten Boss Man at Royal Rumble. His match against Kamala got cut for time, but they do wrestle on Raw. I think Bam Bam was kind of rising. I think you put you put the title on the line. It's mm-hmm. part of what makes the King of the Ring. You got to have the champ there. I think it, it fits. It's a safe. Yeah. And it's another. It's another great defense for right, exactly. during this exactly. Just a higher level defense. Mm-hmm. Then though, I put Lex Luger, and this night is all about him. The narcissist beats Duggan, who was in it, right? Who yep. Bam Bam beat. Yep. So Lex beats Duggan. Lex beats perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tatanka 
undefeated Tatanka, who Lex wrestles to a draw in the original King of Ring, <laughs> they wrestle in the finals. Lex Luger ends the undefeated streak mm-hmm. at the King of the Ring. So he is like crazy over at this point. Oh, you can see, you can see the narcissists like posing as king of the ring with all the yes. mirrors, all the mirrors around him like that's perfect <laughs> yeah so like he is like on top of the world SummerSlam 1993 luger still headlines it but i think you give bret hart the successful defense and i think that becomes his year you still do all the matches with fatu you still do the shanga you still do those matches but he's not capturing that title until survivor series 92 yeah, now, you said you have Brett Luger at SummerSlam 93. Right, with Bret Hart successfully defending. Now, there's one big missing name here. That's Shawn Michaels, but that's okay, because that just means you haven't used them yet. Yeah. And then Shawn Michaels can come into the, can come into play at another point. Yeah, right? he's still, so he's still going as the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, like, exactly right. Like, so you still have that element. Yeah, it come. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the idea is that we're leaving some stuff in the tank while bringing him up. Yeah. The other option that I have is... Um, and before before you uh, stop with that scenario, like Brett and Luger, and then what do you, do you have something for Yoko at SummerSlam 93? Like, is he is he now with... I think Yoko and The Undertaker. Gotcha. I think that gets you to that. Yeah, that gets you to that feed faster. Mm-hmm. Um, it should have happened. It's a more natural fit for Yokozuna. Yeah. It puts the it elevates the Undertaker, like we talked about in our Lost Years podcast. It just puts him on upper trajectory instead of taking on Gonzalez for the second time. Right, you go against Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody comes out better um, <laughs> with that. Yeah, with that. Yeah. The other opportunity that I saw is so that's one one area right so i see it ending with the narcissist i like that again i like that idea i like the look i like the ability i like the character i think it checks a lot of boxes i like that as the Mm -hmm. thing the other option that i saw it's going to end in the same place all right so it's going to have bret hart beating lex luger at SummerSlam 93 it's going to have luger winning king of the ring and bret hart beating bam bam but just a different way to get there i'm curious what you think of this Mm -hmm. so survivor series 92 Bret Hart still wrestles Shawn Michaels, no gold on the line. Mm-hmm. All right, just but you give that really strong technical match. Are they champions? They're not. No gold. Okay. Just so Bulldog, Bulldog is still Intercontinental Champ. Flair is the World Champ. Right. Yeah. Right. So Hart over Shawn Michaels. You basically have the same match, but there's nothing on the on the line. But you just see how people react to it. Bret Hart wins the 1993 Royal Rumble. Bret and Randy together eliminate Yokozuna. That um, tough task. Yeah, tough task. Somehow they do it, <laughs> and they're like they're cheering, and then they realize, oh my gosh, we got to go against each other. Yeah, they go at it. Bret eliminates Savage, so Bret gets to now take on the champion at WrestleMania Nine. Mm-hmm. We throw a bone to the Undertaker. So instead of the Undertaker getting choked out by Giant Gonzalez. Ric Flair is going to walk into night Royal Rumble 93 as the champion, go against the undertaker, leave with the belt. So maybe just DQ, whatever, like mm-hmm. Flair goes out, goes over as the uh, leaves as the champ setting up WrestleMania nine to be heart over Flair. 
So what that does is it gives Brett another big technical match yep. against Shawn Michaels at a, you know, a week weaker Survivor Series card. Mm-hmm. You give Bret Hart the ability to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that would be, yeah, that's that's the best part of that scenario. Yeah, it, it, that was, I mean, I don't like, like I don't love the Survivor Series '92, but I'm thinking, all right, that that could work. Mm-hmm. And then just the idea that Bret Hart could take on Ric Flair at the biggest event of the year. Yeah. And walk out the champion yeah at the biggest event of the year and that might, i like yeah. the other scenario better but i was trying to challenge myself to see what other pathways could be up well and obviously both scenarios to, to, totally hoganless no no hulkamania at all completely hoganless right <laughs> yeah. exactly he's he's, he's out he's yeah. out you want to maybe you'd put him against giant gonzalez <laughs> yes maybe we do that yes maybe you want you want to come back here Let's do this. Yep. <laughs> kind of like my uh, my insert of Hogan with, with Andre. It's Andre, in the, yeah. Uh, in the Dream Card podcast. The dream Card, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Brett, Brett would, um, I, I mean, I want to see the Brett Flair match somehow, like on that on that stage. I don't want to see it on Coliseum video as a as a weird one-off title switch. Like I want to see right, like, I want the promotion. Yeah. Yeah, I want yeah, and even and Brett and I do I do agree with Brett when he did say like you know people say Ric Flair may be the greatest of all time but like or the greatest wrestler of all time like Brett doesn't agree with that obviously and one of the things he doesn't doesn't agree with that for is that if you've seen a Ric Flair match you've seen them all because he does the same True. The same shtick over and over and over again and like his mic skills ten plus though what's that. Rick Flair's mic skills are ten plus. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they're all yeah. The the stuff that he does is funny. It's athletic. Yeah. Like it's it's over. Like like people love to see that stuff over and over again. The walk and how he yep. falls down and gets slammed off the top rope and you know all the stuff that he does. Um, yeah. Like so, the Brett Flair match, I'm I'm sure it would be good. It might be a little predictable, but mm-hmm. it, I still I think I still think it would be good um but yeah i like i like those scenarios and you know I'm, you know if if it wasn't a a uh a business where you know you throw in hogan and make so much more money then then i would say try it like go for yeah. it you gotta you gotta invest in your champion and like you chose brett to be your champion so just just go with it and like you could Brett could drop it and regain it sometimes. Like he doesn't have to just go the whole time. Like, and I have I have one or two scenarios, and like, um, you know, I could still see. Like, I know Vince does not want a heel going over at WrestleMania, not to be the end of WrestleMania. So, like, I can still see Brett losing the way he lost at WrestleMania nine with the salt in the eyes, but then eventually, like, getting a rematch and going yeah. over maybe a later. Yeah. So, like. Um, you know, I'll tell you one of my scenarios. Yeah, one of them, uh, this isn't the one we talked about pre-show, but one of them is um, pretty. It's pretty pretty similar. I, actually, what I said was um, pretty similar to what did happen, but just pretty much Hoganless. Um, Brett versus HBK at Survivor Series '92, just as it happened. Brett versus Razor, Royal Rumble, just as it happened. WrestleMania Nine. Um, Depending on, I know Vince, Vince, when we talked about this, I know Vince probably didn't want it to happen, but 
could you, depending on who who wins the the '93 Royal Rumble, could you get Brett and Savage? Could you get them at in WrestleMania face versus face? And could you have Brett go over on Savage and then that kind of be Savage's career? Like, could you get the build up to that good enough? And could you get the popularity of that with the fans good enough to have it? So I thought of that. So Mm -hmm. what, what you could, so are you saying that you would keep the belt on Savage from SummerSlam? No, I would, no, like Brett would have the belt. Oh, okay. The whole time. You'd have to, to, to make that possible. Randy would have to get revenge on Flair mm-hmm. and Razor and go in with a ton of heat. Because to your points before, though, Randy would be the heel because Randy could be the heel. We yeah. both picked that as our dream card championship match. Yeah. So I think to, do, to make that work, yes. Mm-hmm. To make that work, you'd have to go Savage, who passes out from the figure four in Hershey. Mm-hmm. With, for no gold, make that Survivor Series 92 match. Oh, dude, here you go. Warrior no-shows. It's a handicap match. It's Randy versus Razor and Flair, and he tears it up. <laughs> he is hot. Yeah. Wins Rumble 93 somehow. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, because remember, you could still have Yoko in Royal Rumble 93 instead of Giant Gonzalez and Taker, the two of them just beat each other senseless and go, go to the outside and don't ever come back. Right. So it's not like Yoko gets eliminated, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You build up that feud. Mm-hmm. Savage wins the Royal Rumble, coming in at a very high high, mm-hmm. wants that title, feels it was taken from him. WrestleMania 9 is, is hot. And yeah. then, right. And then ultimately he does put over Brett. He goes back into the broadcast booth as everyone's lovable sidekick there. Yeah. And all is well in the world. Yeah. I could see that happening, but it would have yeah. had to have been an unbelievable push going into Survivor Series 92. Don't rebook perfect. Make it like a handicap match. So like, it's just like, he's just like, yeah. And taking this is like, this is like Macho Man's big run to end his career from Survivor Series all the way to WrestleMania. But it's also, to get Brett finally over exactly because Macho Man is is left as that last of the old generation guys that yep. is still so over, but then putting over the new generation in Bret Hart, and then from WrestleMania nine, like you know, Savage is done and Brett's off to the races, and then I have, um, uh, I guess you, I guess you'd ha- actually, I guess you could do. Yoko, because I would have Bret Hart facing Yokozuna for the title at SummerSlam 93, but I guess then you could you could you could do that, or you could do the Luger scenario and Bret faces Luger, like you said, at SummerSlam 93. But whoever whoever he faces at SummerSlam probably wins the King of the Ring. Like either Yoko wins the King of the Ring or I like that scenario. Yeah. I like that scenario a lot. Yeah. Gives him more time to develop too. Yeah, and rushed. And I think that would be if that scenario played out where he beats Savage at WrestleMania, you get Luger or Yoko winning the King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. I think then you put the belt on them at SummerSlam. Like whoever it is beats Brett. And then they may take that feud for a while and maybe go back and forth or whatever. But uh you could switch the belt at SummerSlam 93 
to either Luger or Yoko. Yeah. And I think the key to a lot of this being sustainable is you can't, you got to keep Luger heel because the temptation to make him the new Hogan. Yeah. That can't ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> Keep this going. Yeah. Or Vince, Vince bought into the look of Luger and the personality was not there. Like, like uh, Bruce Pritchard was saying, like, you put the wrong talent on that, on that bus. Yep. Like, he did not want to be on that bus. He, he wanted, he wanted to uh, fly to the next town and then quickly get on the bus. To, oh, I love like, that. <laughs> and, but like he was saying, like, you could put like Macho Man on that bus. Like he would, he would be awesome on that yep. role. Like certain people, you could do that with. Hogan would have done it. Like Hogan would yep. have been the perfect guy. But Luger, he's the narcissist. Like they're, you know, they say that the best wrestlers and characters are just a updated version of themselves. And Luger, yep. like they, they even said, uh, I think Bruce Pritchard said that Luger, you couldn't find him not next to a mirror like in the back like he always looking at himself always you know making sure he looked perfect and everything and you know obviously that's where they did the narcissist for a reason like keep right right it was a great gimmick i loved the theme the the look the attire keep him keep him like that have crush body slam yoko yes (laughs) it all comes back it all comes back to kona yeah (laughs) so my other my other scenario um you go into you go into Survivor Series '92 with Flair as the champ, but instead of bringing Perfect back, you do and you know Razor's there. You do Flair and Razor against Macho Man and Brett. Oh, I love that. So Warriors yeah. out, but Brett Brett yeah. is in. Like Brett's not the champ yet, but, but he's Brett, in that match. Yeah, he gets that spot because obviously, like we said, Survivor Series '92 is an anomaly, and that main event match is mid card. And right. Brett, Brett and Sean is afterward. So, and then in your one scenario, I don't know where you have that match. Brett and Sean, no titles. Like right. if that's the main event or if it gets switched. Middle that's card, like the yeah. card, yeah. Um, but you get, if you put Brett in that scenario, then you build that heat with Brett and Flair. And then you could do Brett and Flair at Royal Rumble 93 for the title. Mm-hmm. And Brett wins the title at yep. Royal Rumble to go to WrestleMania. And then I have, then you have, then you have Brett and Yoko at WrestleMania nine. And I have Yoko winning the same way he won at WrestleMania nine with the salt to the eyes and Yoko yep. just going over. And then Brett wins King of the ring. Yoko stays the champ at King of the ring. And then you get a rematch at SummerSlam 93, Brett and Yoko. And then Brett finally beats Yoko. Love it. Uh, right. I, I do like the idea as much as I love keeping the belt on Brett, because I just think for like sentimental reasons that run deserved more. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think the idea of him losing at WrestleMania nine and then going in this journey of winning King of the ring and like the insurmountable, like how do you beat Yoko? Yeah. Right. right? Um, Cause I could, all right. I could see Yoko Zuna defending against Kona Crush at King of the Ring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, definitely. Um, or, you know, uh, because he got slammed by him. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and building into that. And so I, I definitely see the possibilities mm-hmm. merging and having Brett, like, this is the big challenge. And like, there, there's your promo. I can out wrestle yeah. anybody, but how do I, how do I out wrestle somebody? I can't get off their feet. I can't 
And you know, you build up and then you give him this amazing match where he does things he'd never seen before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I think, you know, we talk about these, these great scenarios that we come up with versus again, what was best for business at that time. And obviously, you know, bringing back Hogan for the one-offs and whatnot, how can you not say that's what is best for business? <laughs> that's, oh, absolutely. I mean, the million dollar man would agree, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, so uh, one or two of my final questions to you, um, seeing, seeing it from both angles, and I think Brett saw it from both angles too. Yeah. But do you think that Brett, Brett, Brett was in, Brett was in WWF since 1984. And then yes. like 1992 finally gets like, you know, this kind of run as a non tag team guy and like has a, I'd say more personal relationship with Vince. Mm -hmm. Do you think, and obviously like Hogan's relationship with Vince is just, you know, totally. can, yeah, totally different. But like, do you think that Vince just always took advantage of Brett? I think it's a, could, like a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know where, you know where it's going to end and where it's going to go. And right. Even, even to the present day. I mean, yeah. Because history Hart, repeated itself with Brett a lot. <laughs> yeah. Brett Hart's an, an amazing enigma. Because regardless of all the stuff we talked about with the screw job and everything, whatever theories and whatever happens and all that stuff, it's fun talk, but his freaking brother died. Yeah. And he still is yeah. making amends. It's like this business is like you said it. Does he take it too seriously? It's a part of him. Like, I'll never forget watching that. It was after the dark side of the ring. I watched this interview with Brett and talking about Owen in the hall of fame and like basically vilifying Owen Hart's widow because she's being like, it's like, dude, this is like the father of her kids. This is her husband. Right. And this is just sports entertainment business. Yeah. To go into a hall of fame that doesn't even exist. That's not a real place. <laughs> right. And I know that sounds completely contradictory because we're, you know, building the <laughs> building and having these conversations about it. But when you put it like brass tacks like that, it's insane. And yeah, yeah the guy can't, can't step away from it. You know, um, he was awesome. He was excellent. He had great matches, uh, sometimes great matches to a fault. Like, yeah. like that, I think sometimes he, you know, it was hard to buy him as a credible champion when he struggles, but he wasn't struggling, right? He was just getting the best out of performers. Mm -hmm. um, I think to your, to answer your question, I think he wanted to do the best job he possibly could do doing something he loved on the biggest stage. Yeah. That was the WWF. Mm-hmm. Now it's surprising that he never went to WCW because he was like a WC. He could have been a four horseman. Yeah. He could have been NWA, right? When you think of like Crockett and all that, like he yeah. kind of had the, him and Sting could have had epic matches. Epic matches, yeah. Epic matches. Yeah. You know, and you could and have had you your- think that style of wrestling, like yeah. would be more real for him and be up more up his alley, but yeah. It's so weird, but then he even his book, My Life in the Cartoon World of Wrestling, it, 
something about the he's a guy would love to pick his brain yeah <laughs> you know and 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 kind of just see like what's his deal mm -hmm. it's tough to, highest, highest of success yeah it's tough to and i've seen like two hour long interviews with him that i feel like i'm going like and i learn a lot from them yeah. but i still feel i don't quite understand what all he's thinking about what all right. goes on in his mind like he's i feel like he's very back and forth because he sees he sees decisions that vince makes and he always says he respects them but then he gets screwed like i mean you say he gets screwed but like it's business but right. he respects the business but and he's willing right. to do whatever he can for vince and the business but like what's, well, here's what's another the one the the husband of your sister your brother-in-law is smoking crack for an entire summer and yet you know what yeah i'm gonna put you over in front of a venue of eighty thousand dollars of eighty thousand people potentially enabling your habits more right you know like instead of saying like you're not answering my calls sis like is everything okay do we need to have an intervention yeah no i'm gonna call a masterpiece even he calls a masterpiece match like everything he is fascinating everything yeah. about him is fascinating yeah and oh it's like mind-blowing yeah yep. yeah an amazing so, amazing career and just an amazing conversation right like i, I I'm, I'm leaving more questions than answers yeah. now but i guess like to your to like the that original point like do you feel like that first title run was was a success or a failure? I think it was a success. Like I because so. I, I remember it. Like I remember all those guys that he beat. And it was always on like, you know, he was on Wrestling Challenge beating Repo Man or whatever. Like yeah. the the World Wrestling Federation champion is on Wrestling Challenge defending the title against Repo Man. Like Hogan, that's not Hogan. That's not right. Warrior. That's not anyone else but Bret Hart. And that's it's a memorable title reign. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's such an amazing who's who of yeah. where those people would ultimately go too. Yeah. Like they were all legit stars. Like, and it's awesome. Like he repaid the business back. Like again, repo man, demolition, Barrett Darso, Barrett demolition smash. Hey, we had matches back in the day, two out of three falls. And mm -hmm. now I'm going to give you a title shot. Yeah. I'm going to put a, I'm going to put on a great match with you when in the next week, you're going to lose to Kona crush in 90 seconds. Right. <laughs> or you're gonna lose to Tatanka and put him over. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was just so selfless. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so Man. selfless and yet, you know, I mean, I guess because he was so selfless, we all we think he would have deserved some some more respect or some more better bookings i guess which is why we're doing this <laughs> you know right. if he right. wasn't if he wasn't that way then maybe we wouldn't be talking about that like he, maybe you should put in hogan or whatever because you know brett's not working out or brett's like a different guy but brett well, is so, so to that point right i sean michaels so you know where the relationship with sean michaels goes okay sean you don't have a career if brett is not you're like the batman and joker scenario yeah who else can Sean wrestle with that's at the level with him? But right. Bret Hart, yeah. who's the biggest arch nemesis. Like, <laughs> how does this happen? Like, how do these relationships just sour? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just like, it's so bizarre. It's, mm -hmm. 
oh, I love what we do. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Thank you for the conversation. Yes, that was oh. awesome. And that was a change of heart. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our, uh, our look back into what was the early title career of Brett the Hitman Heart. Let us know what you thought. And uh, we'll see you later. We'll see you soon for another episode in season two of Taking It to the Mats.